Hi, this is Steve Anderson, and you're listening to This Is Disco. Greetings, dance floor darlings. You're listening to This Is Disco. A monthly Danny and Kylie Minogue commentary podcast. With your hosts, Adam Eve and Eliza Day. The kettle's probably on. It's true. I love it. I love it. you got to hear this song. A wombat. Greetings and salutations, friends, lovers, and stannies, and welcome to yet another Minogue Monday, right here on This Is Disco, the Danny and Kylie Minogue commentary podcast brought to you lovingly each and every single month by way of two pop-obsessed best mates. I've got my back up against the wall for this one, my friends. My name's Adam Eve, and I'm, of course, joined, as always, by my stunning icon of a co-host, the wonderful beacon of light that is Ms. Eliza Day. What can I say except that it feels so good to be back on the pod with you, my dear. How are you on this glorious Minogue Monday? I'm fine. I, I. <laughs> I mean, I was going to cancel, well. but you reminded me. <laughs> Should we refer to ourselves as Mr. President and Marilyn for right. this episode? Oh, I love that. I, I didn't think of this until now. It's funny that you said that uh, you were going to cancel because for the first time in a long time, I actually didn't cancel and we didn't have to reschedule <laughs> recording. So, I mean, leaps and bounds, my friends. Leaps oh, and you bounds. must have thought I was Pharrell. So. <laughs> oh, we certainly have got quite the show to get through this month as... Eliza and I prepare to dive as deep as we possibly can into the world of Kylie Minogue's highly divisive 2014 album, Kiss Me Once. Kiss Me Once really is that Kylie record that people seem to feel very strongly about either way. The people that hate it absolutely hate it, but those who love it naturally have a much better relationship with it. What's most interesting to me about this record is that back in 2014 when it was originally released, I would have leaned more towards absolutely hating it rather than loving it. But I did think that there were some standout moments. Yeah, I agree. I think we were on the very much the same page with this album. I very mean, much. I, I guess what's exciting as well is this is the first Kylie album in our friendship's life. It is. It is. Yes. Because we just met properly about six months Right, because so, I always think about the two albums that people were talking about when we just sort of just started our friendship was MDNA and in and Kiss Me Once. Yes, around yeah. sort of those couple of years. So yeah, yeah. yeah, I always think of those two albums weirdly, especially like the conversations we had the first day we met. Anyway, it's for another podcast. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, it's funny because I do have MDNA in my notes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Funnily enough, wow. which is, I never have that in my notes about anything. <laughs> so yeah, I think I was the same as you. Like I, I did not love this album at first. Right. probably the polite way of saying it. But, you know... Obviously, leading up to each episode, we re-listen to albums a lot. And mm-hmm. I have really, like, warmed to this. Right. And it just goes to show that, you know, revisiting an album is important. So I may well revisit MDNA. Well, so I, I do highly recommend it. There are, I mean, obviously, like, there's some terrible moments on that album. And Obviously, I, I understand why people hate B-Day song. Personally, a favourite of mine, it's just trash. But 
there is a lot of stuff on there that's aged quite well. Much right. like Kiss Me Once. I was much the same as you, as we've sort of covered. I also think it's interesting to note that, so this era for Kylie, as well as MDNA for Madonna, that whole era was sort of the first introduction that a lot of this current generation of Stan Twitter had as their first Kylie promo album campaign or Madonna album campaign that they were able to Mm. sort of live through as a fan, which is why I think, because the younger fans of Kylie and Madonna are both, from what I've seen online and discussions I've had with people, are a lot kinder to these albums than the older fans are. Yes. And I think that plays a big part in it as well, is that these albums very much were gateways for some people into these huge artists. Right. Well, yeah, it was a very, now that you're saying that, it was very much a transition phase, I guess, social media-wise. Mm-hmm. Like, that it was really when the tide started to turn, which, you know, elderly folks like us were, us were trying to play catch-up probably as well. Right, right. Um, but I think a lot of my stuff with Kiss Me Once as well, I was saying to you earlier, is I don't know if my frustration at the time was necessarily because of the tracks or quality of the tracks or whatever, I think it was more that a precedent had been set or a bar was set really high with the previous album in the few years. Like we'd had Anti-Tour and Aphrodite and Stuart right. Price as an executive producer. Yeah. Like, you know, and all the lovers, were, you know, here's the lead single and then the album was very much followed on as the lead single suggested it would. Oh, totally, totally. There was no deception. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, even Sia was in her, I would argue, imperial phase at this point with Kiss Me Once. Like, she'd just written Rihanna's Diamonds, Pretty Hurts, Beyonce. Right. Um, what else had she done? Uh, Britney's Perfume. She'd just done Titanium. She was about to re- release Chandelier. So the idea of Sia doing this for Kylie, it was like, wow, we are about to get the album to end all albums. Right, right. And so I think because my expectations were so high, Mm. so high that I pre-ordered the red box (laughs) vinyl. Right, yes. Which is stunning, gorgeous. Um, Worth an arm and a leg now. I know, I'm pleased with that investment. (laughs) Um, But I think, yeah, probably my frustration with the album at the time was more to do with my expectations than anything else. Yes. So, which... To tie in what you were saying about newer fans who may have just been introduced to her at that time, if they had no expectations, then, yeah, maybe this was, like, a brilliant album to meet her with and stuff. I think it was maybe about three or four years ago, I... Obviously, there's certain Kylie albums on vinyl that we have that were released very quickly that are worth a lot, like Aphrodite, which is, like, Mm. you know, nearly a grand if you want to buy it. Is it? Yeah, it's ridiculous. (gasps) Um, and Kiss Me Once was another one that I'd always seen for like between like 250 to like six, $700, right? So not cheap to find. And so I'd always been on the lookout for it and finally found a copy of it that was like listed for like a hundred dollars. And I was like, oh, got it straight away. I was just like in a panic, quick, buy it. Don't pay your phone bill, buy this and (laughs) bought it. And that was when I started to really, really fall in love with it. The record arrived and I was like, let's do this, started playing it. And I was 
really, really finding myself as the days followed, going back to play it again on vinyl and playing it again and finding things that I hated about it the first time that I loved. Now, I actually reviewed the album back in 2014 for a site that I co-edited, which Eliza, yourself, you were actually a writer for at the time. Yes. I'm going to share that review with you all a little later on in the episode, really as a way of comparing just how much my opinions on the record have changed, if at all. But anyway, that's not the only slice of old school audio out scribblings that we'll be reenacting today. <laughs> but uh, more on that a little later on. Yes. But uh, before we do get this train in a chugga chugga motion, and before we get into the monthly Minogue News Roundup, Eliza, I thought now might be a great time to mention to the listeners that we yeah. have some truly remarkable This Is Disco merchandise for sale at our Threadless store, don't we? We do. I am currently wearing our very amazingly warm and snug hoodie in the Danny All I Want to Do design with the fishbowl and stuff. Stunning. And I'm wearing the t-shirt of our all-gorgeous logo that was designed by this stunning Tash. Yes, thank you, Tash. I still can't believe she designed these incredible things for us. (laughs) It's so So, good. So, yes, this is disco.threadless.com. So, whether you just want a little sticker for your laptop, a t shirt for just hitting the beach, hitting the beach with a beach towel, if you right. want a coconut on right. it, phone cases, uh, a little throw for your cash. Right, nothing cash. There's literally everything on there. I think there's a notebook. There's so a shower curtain, s- I think. Shower curtain, right. yes. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, notebook if you're wanting to make your anti-tour wish lists and you you know have some ideas in the middle of the night, keep this by your bed. Right, right. Plenty, plenty to buy there. There's a little confide in me rainbow. Look, I, I would just be frank. I mean, buying merch from our Threadless store seriously, seriously helps Eliza and I out in a big way. When it comes to where things have been pretty scarce for myself and especially post the pandemic. So we really do put in a lot of work into the show. Basically, Eliza has a full-time job that she's not paid for by way of social media and marketing for This Is Disco. (laughs) If you're speaking to us on the This Is Disco socials, then you're speaking to the marketing mastermind that is Eliza. Those posts and all the constant engagement with everybody takes hours upon hours of time. And then I'm in the studio working on images, editing and producing audio, making sure things sound perfect and mastering a finished product that the two of us know that we can always be proud of. Editing and production can sometimes take anywhere between a 12-hour day to about three 12-hour days, depending on what's happening. So it's a lot of love, sweat and tears that we put into the project. So the best way currently to support us, if you can, is by grabbing an item or five from our Threadless store, which you can visit by clicking over to, again, thisisdisco.threadless.com. It's been so damn long since we've covered an actual album here on This Is Disco that I'd almost forgotten how to put an episode together. I know, it's so, so strange. And also because I haven't done one for the Girls Aloud podcast and right. the last two episodes for Dr. Pop Pod were, it was an interview and the Serbia Eurovision. So I haven't, I'm completely out of the rhythm of doing album reviews. Was the last album we did for Kylie Body Language at the start of the year? Holy crap. Because we did... Was it? We did Anti-Tour. <gasps> and then we had Gloria. 
Oh my god, that's right. And then right. we had Mark. Uh yes, because the last. Oh my goodness. So the last album we did was Danny's Get Into You for episode yes. fourteen, and then before that was Body Language episode thirteen. Oh, so you're, you're re- very out of rhythm. <laughs> it has been a long time since we've done the albums, so. Thankfully, though, this record that we are covering this month definitely lends itself to a lot of opinions. So I don't think that we're going to disappoint. But before we do step into the Baloo, Eliza, (laughs) what have our heroine pop goddesses named Minogue been up to for the past month? Well, it hasn't been as um, chaotic as last month. Right. Um, And also, I'm just going to put our disclaimer in because I forgot to say it before. Um, we do understand that the Kiss Me Once era was also the era of the stunning Garibay EP. Right, right, right. The collaboration yes. with Georgia Moroda. There was Skirt. Mm. There was a lot of stuff going on in and around Kiss Me Once, which we felt deserved, you know, a separate episode to right. really dive into that. So if you're thinking, where the hell is the Sleepwalker stuff and all of those, you know, stunning collaborations, they will get a proper episode themselves so that's why right. you might not hear that mentioned in this episode yeah the garibay stuff is obviously going to be deserving of its own episode everyone really loves both of those eps and mm-hmm. i think that it would not be fair to the garibay eps to include it into a kiss me once episode they'd need their own yeah they're, it's they're not afterthoughts no definitely not <laughs> like absolutely not anyway back to the news so yes. yeah there hasn't there hasn't been a lot. So Kylie has continued to pop up everywhere, private events, and she's just jet-setting about. Love to Although, say it. Mm-hmm. apparently, she is heading back into the recording studio. Oh, we love to hear that. Yes, in July. And I believe she said in one interview something about renting a villa. So I'm assuming that is not the recording studio at Carol and Ron's or her studio here, unfortunately. (laughs) But to be fair, villa in a European summer or winter in Melbourne. I completely understand her decision. 100%. (laughs) If that is where she is. Anyway, um, at time of recording, um, we have just passed the 35th wedding anniversary of our um, pop parents, Mm -hmm. Scott and Charlene. So... Happy anniversary, Mum and Dad. <laughs> yes, ties in well with the, I guess, the upcoming final episodes of Neighbours. I know. I'm going to have to start watching Neighbours and, like, putting the pieces of the puzzle together. I don't know who anyone is. Oh, but... I have no idea. I saw the cast photo and I was like, I know three of those people. Yeah, so I'm going to start watching again. But also, I think by the time this episode goes to air, a few days after, will mark the 35th anniversary of Kylie releasing Locomotion in Australia and therefore the 35th anniversary of her music career. So right. K35. Amazing. I was thinking about this the other day, actually, obviously, because, you know, there, there's obviously a big argument around the Australian version versus the Stock and Waterman. I refuse version. to acknowledge anything other than the Australian version, but go on. Thank you. Thank mm. you. And mm. I thought this was perhaps an unpopular opinion, but the more I looked into it, it turns out that it seems to be the popular opinion amongst a lot of the fans. I think it's it's the Vegemite versus Marmite opinion <laughs> argument. It's that if you can find me an Australian Kylie fan who doesn't prefer the Australian version, chug, um, chug, please chug, let's chug, have them on. Chug, 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 chug. 
Whereas <laughs> most UK fans, I think, will prefer the other one, which makes sense. Like, it's usually, right. you know, you'll have memories associated with <laughs> which one. But, right. oh, no, I'm all about the chit 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 Amazing. Kind of impulse in the draw. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> So good. Things. <laughs> so, so good. Definitely the version that I always go to. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really the only, the news. I feel like I'm missing something. I'm probably going to, you know, wake up in the middle of the night and be like, oh my God. Maybe. I've got to send maybe. Adam an audio file. <laughs> to be honest, I think the only things that we might be missing are things that haven't been confirmed yet. Anyway. Possibly. Moving anyway, right oh, along. But, <laughs> moving right along. But also, before we do get into Kiss Me Once, thank you for all the lovely feedback on our interview with Mark Andrews. Yes. A lot of people said they bought the book. So yes. lots of um, lovely messages. So thank you. I hope everyone's enjoying their book that they've ordered. And Yeah, we, yeah. we got ours. Both of, us, both of us got ours. And we've seen a lot of you out there as well. We're getting copies as well. So awesome stuff. Thank yes. you again for all the amazing feedback. Thank you. On that note, Eliza, shall we get our fitness exercise balls ready, which you've already got? I do. Do uh, you want a sound effect? Uh, Hang please on. do. Let's get let's let's get a bit of a, a bouncy bouncy. Oh, bounce bounce! I feel like um I should explain um <clears throat> to our listeners what you were greeted with when Zoom connected earlier. Oh, it was because beautiful. I didn't give you a heads up. <laughs> it was beautiful. So I actually, and I didn't even realize when I got dressed this morning, I put on a white leotard. Like, because I'm just bumming around the house. But I made sure that that's all I was wearing when Zoom connected, aside from my red stilettos, because I obviously have red stilettos. And I was sitting atop an exercise ball holding a glass of Kylie Prosecco. And by glass, I mean a glass shaped in the Eiffel Tower. Right, huge. (laughs) Obviously, I've since put clothes on because... Adam did not need to see half of what he, I think, saw. <laughs> Loved every moment of it, however. But yes, when when you see us talking on socials about how we were on our exercise balls in our red stilettos, um, actually, like, facts. Sometimes we're actually telling the truth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not a lie. Anyway, uh, yeah, let's, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Recorded on Kylie's 45th birthday in 2013, Into the Blue felt like the more adult contemporary sister to Aphrodite's All the Lovers, a havingly lush pop song that builds upon itself until a deliciously loud final act thumps through your ears. But before we go any further into our current thoughts on this single, Eliza, it's time that we put our thespian acting skills to the test for a bit of a (gasps) reenactment. Should we go super telenovela? Like, oh my god! Really over the top. <laughs> Gosh, so you see, about two weeks, I reckon, after Kylie dropped into the blue, Eliza and myself sat down on Skype together. Oh my god! Was it actually Skype? <laughs> it was Skype, not unlike what we do now on Zoom. But anywho, so we sat on Skype together and essentially live blogged our initial thoughts on Into the Blue together for a piece that would be published on my old pop site. And we had quite a lot of fun with this one, didn't we, looking back on it? We did. And it's funny rereading this because we'd only known each other for like, you know, a hot minute by this point. But you wouldn't know. This looks like something, like it looks like something that we would do for This Is Disco. Correct. There's song puns. I mean, it's, it's very on brand. 
even then. <laughs> Bit of foreshadowing as well on I Skype. Think so. doing, yeah, you know. <laughs> so weird. We were manifesting. We were without realizing. Without even realizing. <laughs> and so for your listening pleasure at home. Here is a live and dramatic recreation of Eliza and I's original 2014 thoughts on Kylie Minogue's Into the Blue and action. Two weeks ago, Australian pop icon Kylie Minogue released Into the Blue, the first single to be lifted off her new and upcoming album, Kiss Me Once. After some time allowing the song to sink in, so to speak, I sat down with Eliza Day for a good (laughs) old-fashioned Kylie-themed gossip over a plate of chocolate. Let's get to it. It's already begun. Let's... I'm just reading what I've written here. Ye oh 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 oh. <laughs> Literally written that out. Um, what do you think of the song, Adam? Look, it has surprisingly grown on me with each repeated listen. It seems to take all of the bits that we've liked about the Kylie single in the past and thrown it all together to make this summery, mid-tempo pop monster that lyrically doesn't allow Kylie to play the victim. It should also be noted that it's nice to see the switch to Rock Nation hasn't disrupted her legacy. (laughs) Oh, here we go. I just bloody hope it stays this way going forward. Oh, dear. Oh, if only we knew. Oh, God. Um, Agreed. I was very, all in caps, concerned after skirt. (laughs) I just disclaimer, I have grown to enjoy skirt thanks to um, your indoctrination, Adam. Right, what a banger. <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, let me continue with the um, reading the script here. Um, but if someone had asked me in the late 80s slash early 90s what Kylie might sound like in 2014, Into the Blue is how I would have imagined she'd evolve. Right. What I am worried about with this song is that I don't know if it's strong enough to break her in the US. And if I'm completely honest, it doesn't sound like a single worthy of being the album's lead release, which I'm surprised I said that. Mm. And the US does seem to be the central motif behind this entire Rock Nation deal. It's basically a perfect Australian radio song. And I'm trying to find another word for euphoric because if I see that word one more time on the internet to describe this track, I'm going to start a drinking game. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of euphoric, I tend to think it soars along quite nicely too. Yes, soaring is perfect. So is it time to discuss the delta factor... (laughs) I don't know what this was when you read this. Let's. I think it is of some importance to note, Delta's out of the blue, Tina Arena's out of the blue, and now Kylie's into the blue. Our Aussie divas love themselves some Leanne rhymes, it seems. <laughs> Either that or they're all sinking into or out of deep. Porn. <laughs> What, what was I wish we'd recorded this Skype, Adam. I know. Can you even imagine Kylie watching <laughs> pornography? Imagine if the Into the Blue clip, which I'm assuming wasn't released at this point. Right. <laughs> um, imagine if the Into the Blue clip is Kylie <laughs> having to do porn because her quote-unquote back is up against the wall. <laughs> LMAO, can you imagine? 
And with all the songs on the album featuring sex in the title, this could be thematically very cohesive. (laughs) Sorry, did we have the track listing at this point of the album, but we just didn't hear the album? We hadn't heard the album, no. So all we had was Into the Blue without a video and just track list. Yes, and a lyric video, which we bring up. A lyric video. I love the lyric videos for a thing, but we'll get to that. So, uh, back to the reenactment. Uh, there is something called sexercise on this record. <gasps> I know. Dot, dot, dot. And I'm scared about that. Just quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I hope this is more of a fully realised album. <laughs> Rock Nation or not, there's no excuse for them to not have perfected her the best possible campaign they could. It's Kylie Minogue, for fuck's sake. I miss deconstruction, Kylie. <laughs> I love how I will insert that into literally any conversation at any point, regardless of the Kylie album that we are talking about. I'll just, I just feel the need to bring it up all the time. I miss Deconstruction Kylie too. <laughs> the White Album has aged so well, i.e. not at all. Timeless. Oh, completely agreed. <laughs> but back to the single at hand, though. One of our writers recently said to me that Blue felt like a really, really good album track, just maybe not a single. What are your thoughts on this? Well, first of all, before I read my thoughts, I'd like to say these are no longer my thoughts because I'm obsessed with this song. But my thoughts at the time were, I think Into the Blue is a solid single, maybe second or third, though. Interesting, interesting, yeah. How do you feel about the news that Sia is the executive producer on Kiss Me Once? (laughs) Here are my fateful last words. I am pretty happy with it. Wait till you hear what I had to say at the time. I would like her to henceforth be the executive producer on all Pop Songstresses albums, actually. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, that is a controversial statement, Reese. Remember when she said she'd written Madonna a ballad that was, quote, even better than Live to Tell, only to then have somebody tell Madonna about that tweet right before she yelled, see ya, see ya, at her Blackberry, <laughs> dumping her track from MDNA and bidding her good riddance? Oh, yes. Oh, had Sia not been so smug on social media claiming a song she'd written for Madonna was better than one of Madonna's most vocally iconic ballads of all time, she probably would have been able to shape the record into a much better, more cohesive project. I think the lesson here is that artists need to keep their mouths shut about writing songs for others until the song is actually officially announced as being part of the project. Yeah, that kind of cockiness is pretty disrespectful. All caps, do not... F with the Queen. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Sia did a great job of keeping her mouth shut until recently about being the executive producer of Kiss Me Once, though. So perhaps she's learnt her lesson. What would you score Into the Blue out of five, Eliza? Oh, out of five, dot, dot, dot. Hmm. I'm thinking high threes to low fours. I think my final grade is about three and a half out of five. I'm going to give it a 3.96 stars out of five. That's very specific. Very specific. (laughs) Into the Blue is a great single that doesn't toy with Kylie's legacy all that much, but still sounds like something made in 2014. I love how if we said that now, that would be a slur, but at the time it was you were trying to say, you were trying to say, this is so current and amazing. Right. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, Yes, agreed i.e. super safe, but that's okay. Don't get me wrong, I'm happy she was detoured away from making things that sounded like skirt. (laughs) 
uh, completely disagree with that statement. Now, yes, I was about to say, the <laughs> current day Adam disagrees. <laughs> Blasphemy. But after a chat with co-editor Richard, I realised that as bad as Skirt was, it's not, <gasps> it was some form of musical growth on her part, mm. something we've been asking of her for some time now. But surely there is a happy medium to be accessed by her between the method of her electropop classics and the indie darling days of her deconstruction princess era. At least that is what I'm hopeful for. I believe that medium is commonly referred to as Robin. (laughs) (laughs) Did you like the lyric video? Should we discuss that? I did like it. It was nice to have a thoughtful lyric video for once in the sense that she was in it, singing away, looking quite pleased with herself. (laughs) I love what I'm about to say because it's so um, pandemic relevant and very COVID safe. Uh, This is is how I've always been. Right. (laughs) So my response to what you said was, I'm concerned about her putting that lipstick on after she wrote on the mirror and then kissing the door. Like, who the F knows how many people have touched those objects? (laughs) (laughs) See, that's very COVID safe. Right, and then, of course, I've written all in caps. LMFAO. But that aside, lovely lyric video. I love that lyric videos are, quote unquote, a thing now. Oh, here we go. This is a a spicy take that I had. I think lyric videos are vital when we live in a world where Gaga and Christina have no idea how to pronounce words properly when they sing. (laughs) Final thoughts on Into the Blue. It's safe, traditional Kylie. (laughs) I can't believe I'm about to say this into a microphone. If this album really is so full of sex songs, then Into the Blue is Kiss Me Once's missionary position. (laughs) And then I say, I guess that would make sexercise Kiss Me Once doing anal then. My only response to you then was, vibe on. And I said, checkmate. (laughs) (laughs) Kylie Minogue's Into the Blue was then awarded as a joint out of five between us. Three and a half Jean-Claude Van Dams out <laughs> of five. <laughs> oh, my God. I have, must have blocked this whole thing out. Because when you sent this through to me, I'm like, like, bits were coming back to me. Right. But So when I, I was, when we first started talking about doing this podcast and we'd sort of like figured out what the first couple of things we, we were going to do. And so I'd made the folders on my mm. computer. And then like I had episode like dash dash kiss me once right. and put this and my original review <laughs> in there and right. it was like so you were ready i was ready i was like right. i cannot wait to reel this out because it's going to be great to look back on oh my god and i remember i was like when i found it, i was like I, I read it once and i was like yeah okay and now i'm not going to read it until we do the episode again yep <laughs> and i was very happy <laughs> It's funny, though, because we have spoken, obviously, about Into the Blue before, because it's in my top five. And I think on our first episode, when I said that, I had specifically said that it, I love it more each year. Mm. Like, it it just, for some reason, it gets better. Like, it moves further and further up my list to the point where it's almost going to be at number one, I think. Right, right. So I would definitely give it more Jean-Claude Van Damme's out of five yeah. if we were doing this again. Yeah, yeah, because for the most part, I, I think I stand by everything that I did say. However, I would also upgrade the song to a four and a half out of five, maybe even mm. a five, just because it really has turned into a huge Kylie classic for me. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. As Kylie herself explained on the Kiss Me Once EPK, the electronic 
Paris kitsch. Mm. Into the Blue is about a lost weekend with a lover. When you get so carried away that you almost travel to another realm, she says. Feeling so connected to another person that your love is so extreme. Then to the other side of that, when there's tears and screams. Further saying that it's all part of the same shared experience. And what a great love song it is. Oh, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. This whole era, and we were talking about lyric videos. I This was kind of like the peak. Everyone was doing lyric videos like they were a second video clip. Right. It wasn't it wasn't just like a, a throwaway thing. It was an entire production. Yeah, there was a bit of money put behind it. Yeah, it's it's really weird. While the song was officially released on the twenty seventh of January, on the nineteenth of January, a Spanish pop tumbler somehow acquired a thirty second snippet of the song, which they then subsequently leaked onto their page. This was at the peak of leaks as well. Like, uh, we just had, you know, an onslaught of leaks. I mean, Madonna's had leaks almost every album, especially around that time. I I don't think there were any for Madame X, but like, and Kylie had a lot of leaks, especially, you know, with, I mean, we all know like the X leaks, uh, you know, potentially worth their own episode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Really, like, when you think about it. There's so yeah. much stuff in those X leaks. So that was a very much a thing around that time as well, where there were songs were leaking in advance, albums were leaking in advance, and mm-hmm. but yeah, I always like this was very specific. It was a thirty second snippet. Like where the fuck do you find a third? Where did yeah, they access is, that? Someone has sent something to a friend. Right. Or- Anyway, it would, of course, be very, very silly of us not to mention the Clément Siboney starring video clip for Into the Blue. Jesus wept, Eliza. This is not only a great video, but he is such a spunk. Oh, my God. Big hunk of spunk, that one. Oh, my God. And once again, we've got Dawn Shadforth delivering an iconic video. So a reminder, she gave us spinning around, mm-hmm. can't get you out of my head, in your eyes, two hearts, chocolate. I mean, you've legendary got video forth. after legendary video. Yes, we've spoken about her before and yeah, just an incredible music video director. So but I think my favorite part about the video is the word is out artwork on the bed head. Right. Which I think is most people's favourite part of that video. <laughs> Hot French man aside, the collective minds were lost. Right, right. Absolutely. As we all zoomed in. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Amazing, amazing. The other thing I love about this video is that um, lips dress. You know, there was just lips everywhere right. for this era. And then I ended up getting, I found. It must have been a few months later, this black skirt in a shop that had pink lips all over it, which I then wore out with you to that Kylie night. Oh, that's right. In 2014, when we may or may not have procured some glitter case made out of styrofoam. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Like, I even went and got my nails done. You did. Were, my nails were black with pink lips on it. Like, I went for the whole thing. I pretty sure there is also a video somewhere of me using a pole at circuit as part of my choreography for sex exercise well into the night oh but God. that that never needs to see the light of day that's for sure 
But yeah, I mean, the whole visually this era was stunning. Beautiful artwork for Into the Blue and the whole album, actually, mm-hmm. um, by William Baker. His photography, oh, just gorgeous photos from this whole era. I mean, this is one of my favourite Kylie album artwork covers. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful Gorgeous artwork. shot. Oh, I'm going to forget. I don't know where this might fit in in our conversation, but... When I was on socials this week and asking everyone, you know, what their favourite track was and, you know, what they loved about the album, mm-hmm. one of our lovely listeners, Jonathan, in, we must have been talking about Into the Blue, and he said he discovered by accident one day how Into the Blue segues seamlessly into Danny's Disremembrance. Oh, oh And it wow. does. My God. Incredible. I, I just... It doesn't miss a beat. Like, it's so perfect. So now when I'm listening to the start of Into the Blue, I'm thinking about Disremembrance. Like, I can't separate them now. We're back on that video. Very much follows the sentiment of a lost weekend with a lover bringing the song's story to actual life frame by frame. I also really love the fact that when looking back on the making of the video, Kylie herself has actually said that it didn't feel like work at all and felt very much in the theme of what they were going for with it. I'm sure Kylie would have a few bad memories associated with this era, so knowing that there were some good ones like this definitely softens the blow of the album as a fan. Oh, I just adore this song. So much. Mm -hmm. Absolute favourite. Into the Blue was a critical and commercial success. Well, depending where you go commercially at least. Peaking at number one on the US Billboard Dance Club Songs chart, where it began its chart journey at number 52 five weeks earlier. Number three in Belgium. Number eight in Japan. Number nine in Ireland and Hungary. Number 10 in Scotland. Number 12 in the UK. And a very, very miserable number 46 here in Australia. Very, very disappointing. On the 14th of March 2014, Kylie Minogue finally released her long-awaited 12th studio album, Kiss Me Once. Featuring an extensive list of who's who in American and UK pop production and songwriting, Eliza, if you'll indulge me as I read out some of these names in a bastardised alphabetical order, meaning first name alphabetical order. Huge talents such as Alex Smith, Ariel Reitscheid, Chris Loco, Claude Kelly, Cutfather, Daniel Davidson, Enrique Iglesias, Goodwill and MGI, Greg Kirsten, JD Walker, Jesse Shatkin, Joey Kearns, Karen Poole, MNEK, Mark Taylor, Matt Schwartz, Mike Del Rio, Peter Wallavik, Pharrell Williams, Sam Preston, Sia, The Monsters and the Strangers, Thomas Olsen, and Tom Aspel. And that's not everyone either. So when you're looking at this list of names, it's understandable you might have thought that we were all in safe, well-knowing hands. But the reaction to Kiss Me Once upon its arrival wasn't exactly the kind of reaction Team Kylie or Rock Nation were hoping for. All of a sudden, there were countless Tumblr think pieces dissecting the album and claiming that it was a career low. Now, I remember when the album came out, 
firstly, sin, I actually really liked it. Did you? First listen, first immediate listen, I was like, this is a fun oh, pop record. Right. Second listen, I started <laughs> to see what everybody was talking about. I mean, there were obviously some songs that I immediately didn't like, like Sexercise. Right. right. Finally, on that third listen, I was like, yeah, I don't like this record at all. I made a very good six-track EP out of it in my iTunes and called it a day. I don't remember what that six-track EP was because since I have really loved the whole album and don't have a use for that six-track EP playlist anymore, so I haven't had it for a while. But, like, I think you can guess sort of by when I do read the review what those songs would have been. But I know... Eliza, you still have yours, your original six-track EP saved. I was just about to say, well, mine's a mine's five tracks. Whoopsies. (laughs) Yeah. To be fair, I probably would have slotted in some Garibay stuff in here, but this was from a text message I'd sent someone on the 29th of May, twenty fourteen. Right. Oh. Where I so what was happening around then? And this must have been right when we went to that Kylie night. So I could have written this hungover. I'm not sure. (laughs) Um, I think Crystallize, Kiss Me Once, Golden Boy, Into the Blue, and Sleeping with the Enemy would have made a nice little EP. Mm. Interesting, Interesting selection. Yes, yes. So a few months after Kiss Me Once had dropped, I finally sat down at my digital typewriter <laughs> to whip up a review of the record for that pop blog I mentioned earlier. Now... As promised, here are my 2014 thoughts on Kylie's Kiss Me Once as published on audio out in May of the same year. Funnily enough, May. Same to your text message. Mm. I wonder, yeah, we must have been texting. Yeah, I think we would have been. Now, I haven't, I would have read this at the time, but I have not read it since. I don't know what you're about to read to me. Right. So, all reactions are real and in real time. (laughs) And I'll say this my anything that I say, that I don't like songs that I say that I don't like, or I have a really strong dislike for, I have changed my opinion on almost all of those songs. So just, so if you were typing this out now, you'd just be like, it's a five star experience. Pretty much. Like I love okay. the album. Now it's not a five star <laughs> album, but it's definitely, <laughs> I have a five star experience now every time I listen to it. So well, that's the main thing. That as is long as you're thing. enjoying yourself. Right. So <laughs> here we go with the review quote. You could almost hear the flaming eruption across Australia earlier this year when Melbourne royalty and all-round pop princess Dane Kylie of Minogue released her 12th studio album, Kiss Me Once. The record marks the first feature-length release from Minogue since 2010's Aphrodite and also marks her first release under a new management team, helmed by Jay-Z in placing her under the extensive Rock Nation umbrella. Theoretically, jumping to Rock Nation was a move that would perhaps open more doors for her in the US and see her cracking that hard-to-conquer market once again. Theoretically. Mm. The problem with Kiss Me Once works almost as a double-edged sword, particularly when you take Team Kylie's persistence when it comes to cracking the American market into the equation. But whichever way you look at it, from whatever side of the sword you stand behind, it doesn't look good. (laughs) With all of that said, there are some truly great moments to be heard on Kiss Me Once. 
If the saying you're only as good as your last album were to be applied to Kylie and Kiss Me Once, it's a given that 2010's mainly Stuart Price affair, Aphrodite, was the superior release. Something has been lost in translation with this Rock Nation relationship. It feels as though certain parts of Kylie that we've all come to love over the decades have been eradicated, whilst other parts seem overtly exploited, so much so they don't feel like Kylie at all. Sexercise was written by Sia and drips along with a dated dubstep background and lyrics that are about as sexy as a sheet of sandpaper. (gasps) Mr. President follows a similar style and is just fine, pardon the pun, which brings us to fine, which is also just fine. Sexy love sounds like something that was left off 2001's Fever, which is perhaps exactly where it should have stayed, left off. Then there's heavily vocoded moments like the Enrique Iglesias duet, Beautiful, which seems like a lovely enough song, if not an over-manipulated afterthought. Not all of Kiss Me Once plays unfavourably, however, with the Tom Aspel cover and M&EK produced Feel So Good serving as one of the very best moments here. The track is a luscious excursion into dreamy electropop and makes you wonder what a completely produced by M&EK and Tom Aspel album from Kylie would sound like. If only another complete gem here also follows a similar style pattern of Feel So Good, throwing in the most scenic chorus on the entire record as Kylie wistfully croons away. The Pharrell Williams penned I Was Gonna Cancel is also great, if not a little predictable a sound to come from Pharrell, while cuts like Million Miles and title track Kiss Me Once feel more like the obvious stronger choices for single number two over I Was Gonna Cancel. There's also Les Sex, which almost sees Minogue channel classic Kylie, a fan favourite which has all the makings of a truly iconic brick in her back catalogue, until that dubstep beat serves itself as part of the track's chorus. <laughs> Seemingly Into the Blue was a very smart choice as the album's first single, especially when listening to it in context with the rest of the record. It's turned into quite the grower and gives us the classic Kylie chorus we so badly craved with this era. With well over 20 of the best pop music producers from all over the world involved in this release, and Sia as co-executive producer, how did Kiss Me Once go so off track? Is the involvement of Rock Nation, who perhaps have no real understanding of Kylie's true legacy, cause for concern? Or is it the simple fact that there really were one too many cooks in Kylie's proverbial kitchen as this was being conceived? Whatever the question, the answers all place the blame on Jay-Z's Rock Nation and Sia. Kiss Me Once isn't a terrible album, but it isn't one of Kylie's best either, and certainly sheds some more light on how great Aphrodite truly was as a cohesive piece of work. I spent most of my listens to Kiss Me Once wishing Kylie would find a happy medium between her trademark whimsical electropop, her forthright PWL pop days, and the indie darling era of her deconstruction years. Right now, however, that's not what we've got on record number 12. Aside from a few truly warm and brilliant moments, Kiss Me Once smells like the kind of record America might have expected her to release three years ago. Which makes me think, once again, that her new management team have no idea what to really do with her. So is American domination really worth it in the end? Kylie is and always will be our national pop queen, but even with that being said, this album has not escaped people's wrath 
with some very strong viewpoints served online in the days following its release from fans and Kylie stands alike. But somewhere on this record, you should be able to find a solid six-track EP, maybe even a great nine-track album. Perhaps time will be incredibly kind to Kiss Me Once and it will one oh. day be looked upon with kinder eyes and ears. Crazy oh, things <laughs> have happened. But Kylie Minogue in 2014 shouldn't be a three stars out of five affair. Her legacy deserves much better than the pittance Rock Nation have offered her with this campaign and the quicker she runs from this diabolical deal with them, the better. Kiss me once, three coconuts out of five. (laughs) End scene. That's not as, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It was a lot kinder than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, that's what I thought when I reread it as well, because I remember, initially I remember when I wrote it, I remember thinking... Like, it's super objective. I I think it's really fair. Right. So I'll definitely say this. The only thing that's changed for me is my opinion on the songs I didn't like on Kiss Me Once. Right. Has my opinion on the Rock Nation deal or on certain people not knowing what to do without Kylie once they had the privilege of executive producing for her? <laughs> no. None, not naming names. None of that has changed. And I think that's a sentiment felt not only by the fans, but possibly Kylie to a degree herself as well. Yeah, possibly. I guess we'll... We'll never know right. unless she finally pens that autobiography. Right. I don't want to dwell too much on the whole rock nation of it all beyond this point. No. So, Eliza, shall we finally start digging into these album mm. tracks? Please, let's... Track two on the record is the super infectious Million Miles. So feel like I'm a million, million. Feel like I'm a million miles Written by Chelsea Grimes, Daniel Davidson, Peter Wallavik and Mitch Hansen with production work from Cutfather, Million Miles is an absolute pop banger that also feels very Kylie and especially so coming off the back of Into the Blue on the album. Those sweet guitar strums in the opening before that thick, big dick energy to bass line comes <laughs> roaring in. It's just one of my favourites and still so to this day. It's um, It was released apparently as a radio-only single in Spain. So bizarre, these radio-only yeah. singles. I, I can't keep up. Kylie has so many of them. So does Madonna. Yeah. Like, did you know that Masterpiece was like number one in Russia, I think? Really? Yeah. And the other thing about um, Million Miles, so Chelsea Grimes that was a co-writer right. on this... When I first was, like, skimming through, like, everything, I was like, I read that as Grimes. I was like, why is Grimes writing on Kylie's Kiss Me Once album? That's so random. Uh, I, Grimes in 2022, working with Kylie, would be amazing. <laughs> it would be bonkers. It would be, it would be bonkers disco. Yes. I feel like that's a completely separate podcast. Right, right. But, oh my God, something to think about. I'm putting that on my manifestation board. Okay. (laughs) Up next, it's Kiss Me Once's second and final single, written by Pharrell Williams. It's I Was Gonna Cancel. I was gonna cancel when I looked at the sky. Apparently she also wrote another song with him called The Winners. Yeah, there were two songs written during their sessions. Has that ever seen the light of day? I've never heard it. Right. 10th anniversary, Kiss Me Once. Oh, God, I'd love that. Pa- repackaged? Can you imagine? Released as a single on the 22nd of April, 2014, a day before my birthday, <laughs> I Was Gonna <laughs> Cancel is a great track, but single number two, 
I don't know. It just felt like the premature kiss of death to this album's campaign. And let's talk about the creation of this song as well. I'm going to read a direct quote from Kylie about the songwriting process behind the track. Quote, It was a dream come true because I've wanted to work with Pharrell for a long time. I had two days with him and did two songs, one of which is on my album and it's called I Was Gonna Cancel because I was having the worst day. Everything was too much. So my second day going in, I was literally talking to myself saying, keep it together, this is a very important day. It's Pharrell. And I burst into tears as soon as I got there. That's why he wrote I Was Gonna Cancel as I didn't feel like going, but had to. End quote. Eliza, Mm. but had Mm. to. I, but that's not how creativity works, is it? I, and I think that quote really encapsulates everything that went wrong with this whole era. Right. I feel like there may have been more of these moments where it was a case of Kylie having to show up just because Rock Nation were telling her to. Anyway, it is a great track, but definitely still not my choice for single number two. No. When, and on all the you know little polls we were doing on socials, this was one of the... Least favourite. Let's just put it that way. Of all the songs. Right. Speaking of least favourite, let's talk about that video. (laughs) Do you like this, Eliza? I mean... What would you like to discuss? Well, I'll launch then. Uh, I absolutely hate it. Um, (laughs) I can't believe I've said that word on this podcast. I think it's one of Kylie's all-time worst video clips. It's one of my least favourite video clips ever. I know that it was following this normcore aesthetic, which was very fleetingly popular at the time. I just never liked it. Kylie herself described the video as being, quote, an abstract look at pedestrian life and how we're all just trying to get through and rise above everyday challenges. Although that song talks about a real-life event that happened the day I recorded the song, the video has a more conceptual approach, and I love how surreal it looks. End quote. Now, that video was filmed here in Melbourne while Kylie was visiting for the Logie Awards, and... Because oh, she was doing the voice at this time, yes. stuff, wasn't she? And, oh, right, I okay. mean, it looks like a video that was filmed during downtime while Kylie was here <laughs> for the Logie Awards. It's... Again, that's that's all I'll say on the video. <laughs> My favourite um, live performance, like, live whatever, is for want of a better word, of I Was Going to Cancel was the on the seventh season of Drag Race when Jasmine Masters and Kennedy Davenport lip-synced for their life. <laughs> <laughs> right. Rue loves this song. She does. She does. I, t- it's, I mean, the anyway. song's great. I, I really like the presets remix. <laughs> Yes, I was going to do I've got in my notes. Amazing. Great remixes. Look, if you're not a fan of this song and you're like, you kind of wish there was something that you could enjoy about it, check out the remix EP. Really good. Really good. There is probably something on there. And I found that with a lot of Kylie songs that, like, maybe at first I was like, oh, I don't know if this is for me. There's always a great remix or a stripped back version. There's always some revamp of it that, you know. I mean, you know, hate to circle it back to this. No, I don't. But. Perfect example, the Skirt Remix EP. Right. There is something on there that literally shifts the yes. mood of the song into all these different 
sub pockets of dance music that there's something mm. on that remix EP for everyone that yeah, likes dance for music. Everyone. It's so good. <laughs> yes. And I mean the artwork. So that was all those um, Ellen Von Unworth shots from I think it was Stylist where you know she's on her laptop yes, 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 and gorgeous she's shots. screaming into the phone. That is one of my favorite Kylie photo shoots mm-hmm. ever. Definitely of the past decade. Yes. Again, the artwork in this era was just phenomenal. On point. Phenomenal. Cannot fault it. Phenomenal. Well, the funny thing about this song as well is that I didn't realize until well after it had been released is that it samples Beyonce, which I assume was a Rock Nation right. thing. Yeah. It samples Beyonce's Green Light, which I think I must have I think I must have figured it out by listening to that or hearing that at some point afterwards and being like, "Why is Beyonce sampling? I was cancelled." <laughs> And then I obviously that took me about a minute or two to figure that right. out. And Pharrell is quite guilty of this. He's done this before. I mean, you listen to Blurred Lines, right? Which came a couple of years after Madonna's "Give In to Me," right? They're, they're basically the same song. I mean, Motivate mm. used to do it with every single track he released, right? Back in the '90s, so it was like it was totally common practice then. But yeah, it, it's. It's mm. another podcast episode. Right, right. <laughs> this, we, this could be like a four. I never imagined we could potentially talk for like four hours on Kiss Me Once. And, but here we are. No, we're, we're still only on I Was Going to Cancel and we've been talking for the last six years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, anyway. sealing the fate of Kiss Me Once only a month after its release... I Was Gonna Cancel went on to peak at number one on the Hong Kong Metro Radio chart, number five on the US Billboard Dance Club Songs chart, number 25 in Belgium, number 59 in the UK, number 84 in Scotland. Locally, however, this sadly didn't even chart here in Australia. Up next, written by Wayne Hector, Autumn Rowe, Peter Wallavik, Daniel Davidson and Mitch Hansen, it's Sexy Love. Sexy Love. Well, apparently she got onto Fox FM here in Melbourne and announced it as the third radio-only single. Oh, really? Which I'm wondering if it was potentially going to be a third single. And then they just went, oh, never mind. Right. So this. I mean, I'm just making stuff up now. Right. No, but this actually brings me to the hype sticker that is on my vinyl copy of Kiss Me Once. I'm looking at it right now. So the hype sticker on it says, quote, features the singles Into the Blue and Beautiful. Ah. Which we'll get to. We'll get to. Yeah, no one seemed to know what they were doing with singles. Uh, Rock Nation. Mm. How much of a mess were they at handling this entire campaign that they've got hype stickers with the wrong singles listed on it? Mm. So many conflicting stories about what would have been third single. Mm. Mess. Mess. Well, this was performed on The Voice, which I, I, I have no recollection right. of. Right. Oh, my God. I it don't apparently know was. Well, yeah, because she did there... a whole bunch of promotional stuff for this. Yeah, you know what we're and there about is that before actually. Yeah, there's a gorgeous video by Ellen von Unworth again that was basically the photo shoot from Stylist, but it's put to sexy love like this was some kind of video. Right. So it's like it was ready to go. Oh, wow. I also love that on the censored version of the album, this is just called Love. 
<laughs> so I believe it was censored, according to online, it says it was censored in South Africa, which I didn't realise they were censoring stuff. Like I've... Oh, that's interesting. Well, I suppose, like, because I have um, the censored versions of Rebel Heart, so it's hilarious listening to songs like I'm Madonna and Unapologetic. <laughs> Great stuff. I, I want a censored version it's of this. It's so funny. It is so funny. Oh I listen to them s- as much as I listen to the original versions because it just gives me such... Do they replace it with a word or they just oh, no, blank it out? just take the word out. So, like, oh Holy God, Water, like, every second word is bitch. So it's, it's, just, it's just so oh ridiculous. I love it. Amazing. I love censored versions of albums. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need Kiss Me One censored version. <laughs> on cassette. <laughs> yeah, my thoughts on this song have uh, absolutely softened over the years. I really do like it now. Not mm. sure why I didn't originally. It's a great song with a great chorus and cheeky lyrics. Yeah, I don't mind it. Now, upon like, listening to this over the past couple of weeks, I'm, I've got no issue either. Yeah, yeah. banger. It's quite fun. Nice, difference, unusual. It is, it is, it is, yes. Uh, it is now actually time, though, for you in particular to go get your bouncy ball back. Uh, beg it. your pardon, Adam. Uh, yeah, it's time oh. for sexercise. Oh, let, me, let, me, let me get my pommel horse. Let's do real tight. Keep on We all know I hated this originally, but oh my God, how times have changed. Mm -hmm. This is one of my favourites now, and I won't hear a single bad word against it. Uh, Look, can I understand why fans have such an issue with it? Sure. Yes, actually I can. But do I want to hear about it? No, No. I do not. (laughs) This is a super fun song that also serves as the album's first Sia co-write. On the Kiss Me Once EPK, Kylie mentioned that when she first heard the song's title, she immediately said no, which many of you listening did as well. Quote, It was so wrong, but then Sia makes it so right. She finds the right tone and makes it sellable. End quote. Well, perhaps not quite that, but here for it nonetheless. Tomorrow you'll be Mm -hmm. sore. Let me see you sexercise. Or for those of you in censored countries, exercise. Exercise. (laughs) (laughs) Feel the burn. Oh my. Oh, so I just... I don't, of all the GIFs in my Kylie GIF folder on my phone, I have more sexercise ones than any other music video. <laughs> it's, it's the it's Glastonbury GIF and sexercise. Pretty much. In all the different positions, she's squatting, she's bouncing on the ball, she's on the pommel hop, like I, all over the place. And why was there not a full activewear range? Oh, I know. Like, I mean, I would have bought that. Because that video it is a smoking hot video. It is one of oh. Kylie's sexiest. I don't care what anybody says. The mm-hmm. way she moves her bumperina on that exercise ball to like as a dance routine, that is high art, my friends. That is talent, my friends. It's high camp and the homage to physical, which is also high camp, mm-hmm. like. This is the modern day Olivia Newton John physical that we deserved. Right, right. Like, it's iconic. So, the video was by Will Davidson, who also did Skirt. Uh-huh, he right. knows how to bring out the sexy Kylie. He does. So, 
I mean, red stilettos, bouncy ball. This was, I think, one of the first times I'd interacted with Kylie on socials because I had made, um, I made an apple pie, oh. and with the, with the leftover. Do you remember this? Yes, I do. With the leftover pastry, I used to sometimes like like write a word with pastry on whatever you know pie I was making at the time, and so I wrote sexa pie on my apple pie, baked it, took it out, wrote under my caption on my Instagram post or Twitter, wherever the hell I put it, feel the burn, caution, filling is hot. And I did get an appreciative reaction from Kylie, which I was very excited about. For some reason around this time as well, I was in charge of doing my gym's playlists. I remember this. If you think I didn't put sexercise on multiple playlists oh, I know and make sure those were the ones that were played when I came in, I had people sort of like would I would sort of clock people's expressions because I think some of them would twig like what are we listening to? <laughs> Raising a few eyebrows in the gym. It was, but there's um there's another video as well by Roman Coppola, as in Francis Ford right. Francis Ford Coppola's yes. son. So he's done a lot of music videos, including the 2020 version of Mariah's O Santa. With Jennifer Hudson and Ariana Grande. And I actually got some info from Mark's Kylie song by songbook on this. Oh, right. Been, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So he had mentioned that that particular video, which I did go and watch, you know, where she's like washing the car mm-hmm. all sexy. I'd forgotten this video even existed. It was based on a 1965 gay soft porn called Custom Car Commandos, which I, of course, went and watched immediately. Of course. But soft porn is definitely the key word there because I found it like on YouTube or something. Right, so right. there's no. I was like, say, can you see me calm doing... down, everyone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, nothing to see here. But I think it was something that was. Do you remember sexercise.tv? <laughs> that website. Oh my God, what's on my, I... my brain? Okay, so for those of you who can't remember, because I certainly hadn't remembered this. So, sexercise.tv was created to showcase, like, sexercise through the eyes of, like, other, like, creatives and collaborators and stuff. So, it had this Roman Coppola video. Um, I think it had Dolce & Gabbana. It had a whole bunch of other stuff. So, naturally, I w- that's the first website I went to when I started doing this research for this episode. It's now um, a sex blog with three posts, all from 2019, the last of which was about Viagra, which just feels right. And <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> so, I mean, I just... Oh, I, I really adore this song now. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just fun. I think it's like, you know when people go to Vegas and then they complain, oh, it's so tacky, it's so this, it's like, yes, <laughs> it's supposed to be. Right. Just go and enjoy yourself. It's what it's supposed to be. Take it for what it is. Have some fun Mm -hmm. and then come home. We don't need to take everything so seriously all the time. And that is also a note to myself because I was probably upset about this at the time. (laughs) Right, right. Same, same. I was too. And now I I can't get enough of this track, the video, or how hot she looks in it. If I was going to grade this now, I would probably give it five copies of Aerobics Old Style out of five. (laughs) Same. Yep. Yeah. I'm literally in a white leotard with a bouncy ball and some red stilettos. When love she it, says love literally, it, love it. she means literally, like literally. Yes. 
literally, as mentioned, that is how I greeted Adam 24 hours ago when we started this call. I told you, thespian. <laughs> thespian. <laughs> I'm method acting today. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> In full character. I, we should do a whole sexercise episode. <laughs> we could probably do it. We've been talking about it for a while, haven't we? <laughs> I would love this on, like, every tour moving forward. Oh, same, same. It would be like... I definitely would love some merch. I would totally buy Sexercise merch. I don't know what it would look like. Even just, like, sweatbands. I would like a Sexercise exercise ball. Oh, I'd like... Oh, my God. I would want... I want on VHS a Kylie doing, like, a Jane Fonda share style. Right, like the... But it's called Sexercise. Right, like the Dua Lipa one for physical. She did the... Um, aerobics style type video right. for it that it was yeah yes yes yeah, I yes. want a sexercise one so if we could sort of tie that in but I specifically want it on VHS right so <laughs> that actually reminds me so if you're thinking of that aesthetics I should point out Bonnie McKee's track Bombastic which was released a number of years ago that video is very much that 80s aerobics right. VHS aesthetic it is a great it's one of my favourite songs and pop videos of all time but yeah very much fits that so that would be an aesthetic that I would have liked to see set to sexercise as well I must admit yeah if you want to chase that up out there it's a really good video trust me oh well I'll be putting that on the playlist oh yes of course perfect you mention it it goes on the (laughs) playlist that's right candy shop sorry (laughs) just had to do (laughs) anything else (laughs) it's going on I mean, are we done talking about sexercise? I could be here all day. I think we are. I think we are. Up next on Kiss Me Once, my second favourite album track and a song that I would die to hear Kylie do live, a cover of the killer Tom Asbol track, (gasps) Indiana, and retitled as Feels So Good. Let's take a quick listen to Tom's original track, as I said, titled Indiana. Now, Kylie's feel so good. Ruin the stay with me, everything's okay with me, right? Don't have to run, have to run. Whether you're talking about Indiana or feel so good, this track is incredible. And feel so good has to be one of my absolute favorite album tracks from this record. Just totally divine. Would love to see it live. Would have loved to have seen it get maybe some kind of video treatment. I don't mm. know. I just think it's such a great, great Kylie track. And love it. Love it to bits. Feels yes, so right. good when I listen to it. Oh, it, 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 it does it. feel so good. Oh it was a big um, favourite when I was asking people online. That, that one came up a right. lot. And a lot of people saying that they, you know, wish they could see it live. I'm trying to remember now if that's one that came up in the... Um, Anti-tour wish list from everyone. I'll have to check I my think spreadsheet. It, I think it did because I think it was in mine as well. Right. I think, I'm pretty sure it was. If it wasn't, it was at least in the anti-tour special that I did on the mix on Mixcloud. Yeah, this would be great live. Love it. If only's up next. Oh, 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 
This is another one of my big favourites from this record. That sweeping Ariel Reischide production is just divine with a heavingly big scenic chorus that just delivers the goods. Eliza, are you a fan of If Only? I don't mind it. Right. It's not like up there in my like, you know, top tracks of this, but it is a fan favourite. When I was asking people mm. online what you know, which was their favourite track, this one kept coming up right. a lot. Also the so. title of Jerry Halliwell's first autobiography. Yes, I do have a signed copy of that. Oh, signed? Stop. Because mm-hmm. I was in the UK at the time oh. and I think they were they had copies. Like, I didn't meet her, unfortunately, right. but they had them out on display at, like, Waterstones or something. Right. Anyway. That book and her follow-up episode. autobiography, Just for the Record, those two books mm-hmm. changed my life. <laughs> oh, Loved them. <laughs> Up next, written by Amanda Warner, Peter Wade, Joshua Walker, William Rappaport and Henry Lanz, it's Less Sex. Carly admits herself that this song is grammatically incorrect, but is nonetheless a song that reminds her a bit of Studio 54. Kylie has also said that she has a favourite lyric from the track, that being, quote, le love, le sex, le hand on le leg, which she has also since admitted continues the rest of the song's theme of being grammatically incorrect. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. And I love it for that reason. Right. Like, because of how, like, absurd it is. Someone actually said um, in our comments and i'm so sorry i can't remember who it was um that you know oh it's part of the sex trilogy right <laughs> i have seen that use the word trilogy. around yes but i i love as well for the again for the censored uh folks we could call it oh this song is called we could call it oh. <laughs> oh, well dis- god forbid we say the word sex <laughs> well full disclosure but i would say that less sex is probably my least favorite song on the album Oh. That's not to say that it isn't a good song. I just think it could have been left on the cutting room floor and the album <gasps> probably would have benefited from it. But that also all being said, I do not skip it. See, I think I like it probably for the same reasons like I like Sexercise. Like it's silly, it's fun. Right, right. Like this whole, you know, I like the mishmash of in- grammatically incorrect French. like that. I love that. Me. I think it's it's, so. the, it's purely the dubstep in the chorus. I think after MDNA, I was just like, if I hear another fucking dubstep breakdown, <laughs> I'm going to lose my mind. Right. So I was very much feeling the fatigue from that, which I think played a big part in me not liking Skirt when it came out right. originally, me not liking Sexercise, like those songs, those... Yeah. rough abrasive songs were just mm-hmm. didn't didn't make sense to me so yeah i think that again it's not a track that i skip because i do like it but yeah if i had mm-hmm. to pick a least favorite on the album this oh. would be it and it's because of the dubstep in that chorus right right but the thing is is that my thoughts on sexercise have changed and that's a mm. whole dubstep track but there's something yeah. about the dubstep production in that track that is very different to the dubstep in the chorus of Less Sex, which feels a bit tinny, especially in comparison to Sexercise. Mm -hmm. It's a whole, yeah, connection of the dance genre. Something for your PhD. Yeah, I mean, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) 
Anyway, I'll stuff La Sex because it's finally time that we talked about the greatest song on this album, according <gasps> to moi. And moi. Oh, good. It's title track, Kiss Me Once. Oh. One of her greatest songs of all time. Right. Period. Written by Sia and Judith Wick, Ronnie Svensson, and fellow Bosnian Nermin Harambašić. Oh. Right? I mean, of course a Bosnian had a hand at co-writing one of, of Kylie's greatest album tracks of all time. I mean, we are just that bloody good. <laughs> but no, seriously, what a song. What a moment. Should have been a single. I could go on and on about this beautiful track, but I might hand it over to you, Eliza. <laughs> Oh, I could go on and on about it as well. One thing that did come up, which I had also thought this, but I thought it was just a shower thought, but so many people echoed it in our comments, was that, like, where is the Christmas version of this? Because it's almost there. Oh, right. When you Bingo. listen to it, oh, a Christmas version of Kiss Me Once would just be, oh. And it wouldn't be us mentioning Kiss Me Once in an episode of This Is Disco without, of course, mentioning the incredible Granger Boy mashup that mashes... I'm literally in my notes. Yeah, that yes. mashes Kiss Me Once up with Turn It Into Love. Let me play a little snippet. One of the greatest mashups ever. Not just of Kylie, of anyone. Yes, I've said as well, like, one of the, could possibly be the greatest. Some days I think Mm -hmm. that it really is. Yes. It's just, oh, beautiful. If you really didn't think that Kiss Me Once could get more heavenly, listen to this mashup because it takes Mm. it there. Really, really does. It really does. And I think you played it in full on the Record Doctor anti-tour episode. Right. So you will not find this on YouTube. This is not going to be in the playlist because it doesn't exist. But if you head to the Record Doctor, which I believe that Kylie anti-tour episode is in our link tree. Right. Listen to that. And and if you are in... You will hear this. If you're in the US trying to listen to that episode... Oh, yes. So that episode is unfortunately geo-blocked in America because of how many Kylie songs are in it. But if you have a VPN, like NordVPN, NordVPN, if you're listening, we will take us, we will take donation. Like they, they bloody, they like will sponsor anybody on YouTube. Sponsor us. I use you all the oh, time. Will they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, we'll take that. So NordVPN or any kind of VPN you can use to change your location or your internet's location to like Australia or the UK, mm-hmm. and that will allow you to listen to the episode if you're in the United States. If you're outside of it, you won't need a VPN, but otherwise. No. Yeah, that's at uh, mixcloud.com forward slash the record doctor, and you'll find it yes. somewhere on the list there. Three hours of Kylie B-sides, rarities, album tracks, mashups, remixes. And a Danny one anyway. with you on the way. On the way. <laughs> we'll talk about that the later. Buns in the oven. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> well, just quietly, and I didn't know this until we were doing the research for this episode, but I still can't believe that we have a Kylie album that actually features a Bosnian on it. Mm. <laughs> I was doing the research and I was like, I know the origins of that first and surname. No, I bet. <laughs> and did some more exciting. research and had it confirmed, confirmed. But um, yes. Very exciting. Amazing. What a song. Definitely top. It almost made my top 10 when we did our first episode and I was doing my Kylie top 10. This was probably just outside. Just magical. Amazing. Magical. Mm-hmm. Up next, it's the Enrique Iglesias duet. 
and the only real ballad on Kiss Me Once. Beautiful. You, you are so beautiful. Another promotional single that was, I think it was, oh. I, I think we also, I, we failed to mention when we were talking about Sexercise, I forget that that wasn't actually a single. No. It was another promotional, promotional. single that I, I, I think came out. Well, not came out, whatever. It sort of was released into the world the same day as the album, which I think Beautiful was as well. Right. If, if what my research is telling me yes, yes. is correct. Like, there was just a lot being promoted on the radio, so it was very hard to know what was an official single <laughs> that was in physical form, what was just on the radio. Thanks, Rock Nation. But, yeah. So... D- d- do you want me to go into my thoughts on this or would you like to start? Well, I'll quickly start off and just say written by Iglesias and Mark Taylor, Alex Smith and Samuel Preston. Beautiful is a vocoded love song that's sung between <laughs> Kylie and Enrique. And it's a song Kylie herself said that she originally heard at the end of a very long day and that it just grabbed her so intensely that she ended up crying and knew that the collaboration was meant to be. I... I think so too. I mean, I I could have done without the vocoder, but the tones on this song and the harmonies their voices unified make, I can kind of see why Kylie felt so emotional hearing it for the first time. It is a very emotional ballad, and although I was initially pretty harsh on this when it first came out, I I don't skip it today. Don't you? No. I don't skip anything on Kiss Me Once anymore. Okay. This was the one song that we got DMs about. (laughs) Really? Don't worry, I'm not going to out anyone. Anyone who sent a DM, don't worry. (laughs) Everyone's remains anonymous. It's not the most beloved track. Let's just put it that way. I can understand why. And look, personally, there's good news and there's bad news. (laughs) So I adore the solo version. Oh, The version of just her singing and especially live. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful Kylie ballad. I really like it. And I love an Enrique song. I'm not going to skip. Like, I don't know his back catalogue really extensively. Yeah, but the hits. We know the hits. But I know I know yeah. the hits. I don't think I'd ever skip them. In fact, I'd turn them up right. and I'd be singing along. So it's not like I have an issue with his voice. For some reason, the two of them together on this song makes me uncomfortable in the same way. It's like if Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Barker were a song. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel. I feel, for whatever reason, I feel uncomfortable hearing it together. Right. Do you know what that feeling is? You know, I, when you I watch do. it. For- I totally do. I know what you're saying. Oh my I'm just God. like, I don't want, wow. I, I can't, I can't. But the solo version, so if you're feeling the same way, because I know there are a lot of you out there who struggle with this song, <laughs> the solo version is really, really lovely. And particularly the live versions that she's done, you know, on tour and stuff mm. are, as the song would suggest, beautiful. So. But, yeah, I I don't know what it is because I do love them both individually. Obviously, I love Kylie. Here we are on a podcast about her. Right. And I do enjoy Enrique, so I don't know what it is about this song together. Yeah. Something, it's like when two hot people have a not hot baby or something. I don't know, something. Do you reckon reckon it's the vocoda that spoils it all? Maybe. I think it might be. I, I really think that this track's biggest downfall is its use of vocoder. Maybe. And I don't have an issue with vocoder. Neither I think do I. Thing, all, the, all the individual pieces of the puzzle, I have zero problem yeah, with. Same. Like, you know, licorice and chocolate. But I don't want them together. Right. Yeah, yeah. Same. <laughs> Sorry if that, that issue has upset anyone. <laughs> but there are some things that I love separate. Just, I don't need them together. together. Mm-hmm. 
So anyway, I, I'm not sure what the issue is. Is there a? I couldn't find a solo version of him singing. Oh, I don't this. know. I didn't even know there was a Kylie one. Bad fan. Oh, no idea. It's really, it's really lovely. Like she just sings his parts. I think there's still a bit of vocoder, but it's I don't know for whatever reason, it's just nice. Right. It's just Kylie singing a ballad, yeah. and I, I'm like, oh, this is lovely. I don't know why it bothers me together, <laughs> but here we are. And finally, before we head oh. into bonus track territory, it's fine. Written by Karen Poole, Chris Loco, and the only track on the regular edition of the album to feature Kylie herself on a co-write, Fine has aged like a fine wine, if you ask me. Oh dear. Mm. Another one that I was way too harsh on upon original release. This has turned into a big favourite of mine that, thanks to hindsight, really does feel like a classic Kylie album closer. I absolutely love this. A lot of people had said that this was a song that, you know, got them through, like, you know, a not great time in their life or something. And, yeah, there was a lot of love online for this. Oh, that's really good. Bit of a a fan fave on the album, this one. That's nice to hear. I guess I can't really... Mm. Bar the songs that we know are obvious fan favourites that we've mentioned already, I can Mm -hmm. never really gauge what people's opinions are around this album because it's all so mixed. Yeah. It's funny, though, so the second we mentioned we were doing this album, like, all the Kiss Me Once fans came out. It was it was actually great. Kiss Me Once Hive Unite. Oh, yes. It was great. Because I, you know, as an album that is not one of my favourites, it was really actually great to hear why it's someone else's right. favourites and get that different perspective. Mm-hmm. So thank you for everyone who shared their thoughts. I guess that means it's bonus track time, which means we're about to talk about... Between four to seven more tracks. <laughs> First up, it's Mr. President. A song Kylie allegedly had to fight the label to even get onto the album, and they still made it a bonus track in the end. Anyway, I absolutely hated this originally. <laughs> Oh, I couldn't stand it. I thought mm. this was this was the end. I was like, this is horrible. However, my thoughts have changed a lot on this track. I do think it's quite a banger now. And I also know that it's a huge fan favourite, particularly amongst those younger Kylie smileys that I was talking about earlier that sort of right, came on board with this album. Right. It's also Kiss Me Once's second Kylie song co-write, and is a track that she penned alongside Kelly Sheehan and Jacob Cash Hinlan. Interesting. I mean, look, it's, again, it's probably you file under, you know, it's fun. It is what it is. It was fine at the time when she wrote it, but obviously we could not play this between 2016 and 2020 for <clears throat> obvious no. reasons. There was absolutely no way. Good God, no. <laughs> play it again now, but in 2014 it was fine. <laughs> Taking the pace right down now, it's the massive attack homaging beauty that is Sleeping With The Enemy. What a song. Unfinished Sympathy for 2014, basically. Mm -hmm. Sleeping With The Enemy was written by Claude Kelly and Greg Kirsten and is such a wonderful track and 
really carries out Kylie's voice so beautifully, so delicately along with the wonderfully light bass line. This Mm -hmm. is a true triumph, and it actually baffles me that this was only a bonus track. What a stunner, Eliza. Yeah, I can't understand it. We spoke about this with Steve Anderson on our anti-tour episode Mm. as the amount of people that want this song, the amount of people, again, that, like, you know, messaged or voted this as one of their favourites from this album. Like, it is just so, so loved. And, I mean... Greg Kirsten. For those of you who are thinking that name's familiar, why do I know that name? I mean, some of the songs he's, you know, co-written, co-produced. Adele's Hello, Sia, Chandelier, Kelly Clarkson's Stronger, Lily Allen's album, It's Not Me, It's You, which includes Fuck You, which we saw obviously brilliantly performed at Glastonbury Mm -hmm. with Olivia Rodrigo. Obviously, we echo their sentiment towards the Supreme Court. Again, that's an episode not for now. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) The Greg Thurston tracks, that album is my favourite Lily Allen album. Yeah. Everyone's at it, all those songs, like The Fear. I mean, sorry, just wow. Yeah. So, I mean, he has given us some of the greatest pop of all time, all time, and, you know, I guess more relevant in regards to Kylie, he co-wrote and produced a lot on X. So No More Rain, Wow, Magnetic Electric, King or Queen, Carried Away, Do It Again. Iconic like song after iconic song. <laughs> I know. It's just, could we just do a whole episode on Greg Kirsten, quite frankly? Could easily be done. Easily, easily. Be done. <laughs> Oh, my God. So no surprise this, I mean, next to Kiss Me Once, I think this was everyone's favourite from the album. Right. Understandable. It's a great track. Mm, it really is. Anyway, picking the pace back up again as we pour ourselves a pina colada, it's Japanese bonus track, Sparks. <gasps> the blue b-side as well wasn't it i think oh, so. yes it was yes 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 it was yes. so sparks was actually written again by karen paul and matt schwartz and this is a lush sunset inducing pop banger mm. that just sits really well amongst the rest of the record another one i was surprised was left off the regular album and i also mm. believe this is another one that's a big fan favorite it is, and carrying on the tradition of Japanese bonus tracks being everything. Well, that's a great idea for an episode. Geez. Japanese bonus tracks. There's a lot there too. <laughs> oh, they're always iconic. Oh, but anyway, I digress. <laughs> and then the HMV UK digital bonus track, Golden Ball. Released on 7-inch vinyl for 2014's Record Store Day and taken from the Kiss Me Once sessions, Golden Boy was written by Ariel Brightshide, Daniel Nairo and Justin Raisin. And what a bloody song it is. Oh, so good. This definitely feels maybe a bit more Aphrodite than Kiss Me Once, but nonetheless, this is still an amazing slice of what I think is a very underrated Kylie record. Oh, I would love this 7-inch, just quietly. Same. How much is this going for? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't even looked because I would imagine that it would be so expensive. Oh, so expensive. And look, I'm not surprised that you and I love this, given it's the team behind Sky Ferreira's Nighttime, My Time, and <sighs> also one of my favourite Sky Ferreira track ever, Lost in My Bedroom. Oh. 
I mean, we could do a full detour onto our love of Sky Ferreira and crossing paths with her <laughs> down a side street in St Kilda, but again, different podcast. Different podcast. <laughs> we also probably don't want to do any more damage to her career than she's already done herself. <laughs> Moving on. Uh... Well, he all, they also did Char, a lot of Charlie XCX's True Romance. Another, just mm-hmm. this, the albums in this era, I was just living for all the pop albums. And... Dan Naira also wrote and produced, sorry, co-wrote and produced Olivia Rodrigo's Driver's Licence. You know, that might be a little ditty you've heard of. Yes. So, I mean, again, the amount of people and the high calibre people she had working, you know, on this album in this era. Right. So many excellent chefs, not just cooks. No, you're spot on. Too many. Too, way too many. So, there were some other sort of unreleased but have leaked online songs from this time as well. And speaking of Sky Ferreira, because we could speak about her all day, <laughs> um, Voodoo. So this was a song that was written by Kylie, Sky Ferreira, and the producer of the track, Bloodshot. So the song was leaked onto SoundCloud in 2016. So I'm not... And quite sure, but it must have been recorded around 2014, mm. I'm assuming, 2013, 14. Yep. So it was supposedly supposed to be on the Japanese edition as a bonus track, but then that was just scrapped the, for whatever The Japanese reason. label heard it and said no. <laughs> right. So if you're wondering, if you're thinking, okay, Bloodshy, that sounds familiar. So Bloodshy and Avon are a Swedish production and songwriting duo who are part of Mike Snow. So they co-wrote and produced speakerphone, nudity, and cherry bomb from the X era. So already had a yeah. you know great relationship with Kylie by this point. And purely for the purposes of our playlist, they also produced Rachel Stevens' Sweet Dreams, My LAX. And Madonna's How High. Oh, that's on the list. Trust me, I did that for you. <laughs> <laughs> you think I didn't remember to put How High and Like It or Not from Confessions? Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Britney's Toxic, Christina Millian's When You Look At Me, and Sky Ferreira's one. Wonderful. I love one so much. Oh, what a... I mean... Pop banger. Yes. This is a whole... We, I need to make a playlist, like, immediately after we hang up. Because <laughs> all these songs, I'm like, oh, oh, love them. So it's funny with um, Voodoo. I'm, I'm not a fan of it. At all. Mm. But all the people involved in it... Right. Uh, legendary legends. Yes. So I think maybe the version that's leaked, something tells me that it might not have been a finished version. Right. Because it sounds like it's not finished. Right. Sounds like production-wise, it sounds like there's something missing. Mm. Anyway. And the other one that leaked online in 2014, though, and the writers seem to be unknown is Waiting for the Sun, but that was produced by Tommy Trash, who also did Mr. President. Right. So not a lot of info online about that. The only other song around this time that we kind of would, you know, umming and ahhing whether we include this in a separate episode with all the, you know, Garibay and Skirt and all that stuff was Crystallize, of course. Yes. Which came out around the same time, like I think it was June 2014, that all the Kiss Me Once stuff was happening. So 
I mean, this could have been on Kiss Me One. Easily, easily. Easily. So this was a song that was released as a charity single um, by Parlophone as part of the One Note Against Cancer campaign. Yes. And was written by Kylie, Dev Hines, and Scott Hoffman, a.k.a. Baby Daddy from Scissor Sisters, which explains why it's very I Believe in You. Right, Because also the same person was involved in I Believe in You. So I love this song. Such an underrated Kylie song. I like this song too a lot. And Dev Hines, of course, did uh, Sugar Babes Flatline. Yes. um, uh, Solange. Yes, I love Dev Hines. Amazing. More. Yeah. More De- more Dev Hines produced Kylie, please. Oh, that would be so lush. <sighs> Body language part two. Oh, my God. Well, didn't she say something about in Kylie News? There was some, there's been so many interviews and magazine articles recently that the next album was, the starting point was going to be similar to Slow or something. And everyone's like, Ooh. sorry, are we finally getting Body Language 2.0? Oh, I hope so. That would be incredible. <gasps> Be amazing. Everyone knows how much we love that album. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so they're all the kind of B-sides slash unreleased, you know, accidentally whoops, leaked online tracks Connected. that we thought we would bring. If there's something that we've missed, obviously let us know, as long as it's not the Nervo stuff, Skirt, right. <laughs> Giorgio Moroder, we are aware we've purposefully kept those out for another episode. Indeed. Kiss Me Once would go on to sell over 120,000 copies worldwide, peaking at number one locally here in Australia. Well done, Australia. Number one also (laughs) in Hungary. Well done, Hungary. Number two in the UK. Number three in Scotland. Number four in Ireland. Number 10 in Germany. And at number 31 on the US Billboard 200 Albums chart. Oh. Mm, So... It didn't do that badly. Kicking off at Liverpool's Echo Arena on the 24th of September 2014, which, funnily enough, is the very same venue that I was at only a year before this for Girls Aloud's last ever show as Girls Aloud the Five Piece. The Kiss Me Once tour knocked out a total of 35 shows, expanding into the early months of 2015 and eventually earning over $21 million in the process via the box office. It's also considered one of Kylie's very best by a lot of fans. The album may not have done what fans had hoped for, but the tour certainly did. With impeccable work on the tour's studio versions with long-term musical director and friend of the pod, Steve Anderson, as well as the visual and creative elements coming by way of the legendary William Baker. I am such a fan of this tour. The versions created and used for a lot of the tracks in it, the visual, everything about it is just a glitteringly gorgeous, Gorgeous show all round. I loved this tour. Mm. So I ended up um, very last minute ticket. I can't remember why I didn't get tickets initially, but all that was left was like the really expensive right up the front tickets. Mm. And thank goodness, because I ended up at the barrier, which I think was the first time I'd been at the barrier for an arena. Right. Kylie show. Okay, yep. So very, very exciting. So I've got my, um, let me just sift it out here, my hardcover copy of the program so had a little lanyard i I love that program too it's really beautiful it's really really lovely so neither of us a disclaimer we know there was a lot of sort of promo stuff going on in 2014 like club gigs that were in melbourne and stuff neither of us managed to get tickets to that so if you're wondering why we haven't necessarily addressed that it's because we unfortunately missed 
the boat on that. Right. Quick shout out to our friend Hassa, who actually got yes. to meet Kylie during one of those appearances. She actually came to Geelong to the Cunningham Pier for an appearance for The Voice because her contestant in the finals was originally from Geelong. Oh, and amazing. I was working and my boss would not let me go to line up. So rude. I, I hate her, hate her. Hex on her still to this day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so rude. But yeah, so but I, I didn't mean, get to go either. So I was right. yeah, devastated. Oh, I mean, so many highlights from this tour. So by the time I got to Australia, because I, the UK tour was obviously end of 2014, didn't get to us till the start of 2015. So a few things had changed a bit. So se- no sexy love. That was removed after the first six shows, I think, in oh. UK. Right. In Europe anyway, but we had Georgia Maroda as the support act who then joined her on stage for, you know, right here, right now, which was amazing. He is gorgeous and just an icon, disco pioneer, mm-hmm. seeing him on stage. He then did a club show, which was just mind-blowing. So... We had that, um, and of course Melbourne. Um, I don't believe it was everywhere around Australia, but Tears on My Pillow, Ron's favourite. We know that, so I can only assume <laughs> that's what that was about. Thanks, Ron. But I mean, the highlights, I guess, for me, you can see there's the iTunes um, sort of festival thing. Of it's not the same as the concert exactly. Yeah, it's no, a it's... similar set list, right. but I think the costumes are a lot different. But the tour was like on tv in the uk a bit like it it was filmed i think in glasgow Mm. i think i've got that right but it is available on apple tv i think my favorite parts were the opening with breathe which basically sounded like a trouser enthusiast remix of breathe (laughs) is the only way i know how to describe it (laughs) i know you know what i'm talking about 100 (laughs) percent. and then there's the the, that stock aiken and waterman dollhouse section that opens with enjoy yourself brilliant I think we know where the Barbie movie got all its inspo from, just <laughs> quietly. Just rewatch that whole section. Um, but, I mean, the highlight, as an In Excess fan, as a Michael Hutchins fan, Need You Tonight. Uh, Mind-blowing. That just, that was everything. That just meant so much to see that. So, I mean, yeah, an amazing, amazing tour. With mind-blowing costume and couture design, courtesy of Dolce & Gabbana, Jean-Paul Gaultier, Julian McDonald, and William Wilde, the Kiss Me Once tour wrapped up in Dubai on the 28th of March 2015 and would eventually see a TV broadcast and DVD release entitled Kiss Me Once Live at the SSE Hydro. The Kiss Me Once Tour's audio album component saw the live record peak at number three on the charts in Hungary, number 12 in the Czech Republic, number 19 in Scotland, number 26 in the UK, and number 97 here in Australia, while the actual DVD itself peaked at number one on the Australian Aria Music DVD chart, number two in France, number four in Italy, number seven in Sweden, number nine in Taiwan, and a very, very miserable number 133 in Japan. Well, Eliza, that's us done for another Minogue Monday. Amazing. One of my favourite ones yet. Same. This has been like, if you could have seen us, we've basically had, (laughs) both of us have had the stupidest grins on our faces 
for the whole, like, we've been recording for two and a half hours now, I think. I don't know. Yeah, about two and a half. And, yeah, we've had such a blast. And, obviously, a big (laughs) thank you. Eliza's having a real blast over there. (laughs) A big, big thank you, obviously, to everybody for tuning into our very special episode on Kiss Me Once. This is a very, very important record to me in the Kylie canon, especially now in hindsight. Have we changed your mind about this record with all of our ramblings? Or have we even changed your mind about a song from it? Let us know on the socials. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the album, tracks from the album, how you think things were handled. I mean, you know, hit us up. And speaking of, my dear Eliza, where can the lovely folk find This Is Disco on the internet? You can find us at This Is Disco on Instagram and Twitter and at This Is Disco podcast on TikTok. And I do love that you said change your mind about two or three times because I'm going to put that on the playlist too. Great Kylie song. Oh, yes, yes. Change your mind. (laughs) Stunning. I know it wasn't even intentional, but I'm like, oh, I'm just going to make a note of that. Perfect. I love that. And what about yourself, Eliza? You can find me at Ms. Eliza Day on Instagram and Twitter and the TikTok. But I'm not bouncing on any exercise balls on TikTok, so that's not what you'll find. That's not not going to happen. And you, where are all the different places we can find you and your podcasts? Well, I will start first. On Twitter, I am Adam Eve. That's at A-D-E-M-E-V-E. And on Instagram, I am at Adam.Eve. I also have a couple of other podcasts. First up is the Girls Aloud podcast. You can't mistake their anthology. That's at Aloud Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. And new episode out at the moment celebrating the iconic Girls Aloud docuseries Off the Record. Then I also have a new-ish pop podcast called The Dr. Pop Pod. My 2008 interview with Tammy Parlour's Kevin Parker coming up as episode four on that very soon. Very excited to share that with everyone. And episode five will be a celebration of Serbian star Milica Pavlovic's new video album, Possessivna. And I also have a monthly Mixcloud radio show called The Record Doctor, Now, there is a Balkan Top 50 on its way, but the first episode to celebrate its launch will be a Balkan Top 70, and it's still under four hours because, as we all know, all songs are like two and a half minutes long now these days. (laughs) uh, Somehow it's going to be shorter than this episode of Disney Ones. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And, of course, there is our Danny Danty Tour joint collaborative <gasps> episode of The Record Doctor yes. on the way, and that's coming up uh, for the month of July also a bit later on. And, of course, if you can't remember any of that altogether, then you can just head on over to my official website, which is www.therecorddoctor.com. There's links to all of my podcasts and the radio show there, plus some merch, www.therecorddoctor.com. And also don't forget that we have some This Is Disco merch, which you can find at thisisdisco.threadless.com. Next month, Eliza, shall we tell the folk listening at home just what Danny Record will be covering for the month of August? Do you mean what album we're going to be unleashing on everyone? Uh, Yes, yes, folks. Unleashed is the next 
Danny album we are covering on This Is Disco for the month of August. Oh. Keep your eye on the socials very, very for when excited. we announce when the date will be. That we will keep mm-hmm. guarded for the time being. Yes, we have to check out our schedule. Yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, listen, until Unleashed in August, folks, first of all, Eliza, thank you for an incredible episode. This really has been one of the most fun episodes that just you and I have done together of the podcast so far. It's been one that we've both been wanting to cover for yes. since basically the beginning of the podcast. So Correct. thank you for an amazing evening tonight. It's been such a treat revisiting this underrated Kylie Minogue album with you. It's been beautiful. Oh, see what she did there? We've been full of it tonight, haven't we? (laughs) Oh, anyway, until Unleashed in August, this is Disco signing off. Bye. Love and kisses, dance floor darlings. You're listening to This Is Disco, a monthly Danny and Kylie Minogue commentary podcast with your hosts Adam Eve and Eliza Day.